Hello everybody. For those of you who don't know, I own and operate Timeless Custom Leather. Timeless specializes in creating 100% handcrafted leather goods right here in Grimes County, Texas. It would mean the world to me if you would take a minute or two out of your day and follow Timeless on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at Timeless Custom Leather and also on Instagram at Timeless Custom Leather. As always, I couldn't do this without you guys. Love you. Now back to the mind of a maker. All right, we're rolling. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to the Mind of a Maker podcast. I am your host, Dustin Tim. Today is July 20th. That's not when this episode will come out, but that is today's date. I can't tell you how excited I am about the guest that I have on today. Um, he is probably my favorite person in the world, um, my biggest inspiration, and just probably the coolest guy I've ever met in my life. Without further ado, it's my grandfather, Sonny Boy, Get Down Dave, Super Dave, Dave Herndon. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know I was all that. How are you, Papa? I'm doing good for an old man. Yeah? Yep. You're not that old. You're you're young. You're in your prime. I hope so. (laughs) Well, let's start off. Tell the people a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, all the good stuff. Well, originally I'm from Lake City, Florida. I've lived all over uh, several times. I actually lived in Texas twice. So, you know, I have some good feelings for Texas and the folks out here, you know. Yeah. Still have friends out here that I stay in touch with. Of course, I have family out here. And uh, I like the Aggies if they're not playing the Gators. Yep, that's what you always <laughs> say, as long as they're not playing the florida gators you're an aggie fan <laughs> yep sure am used to have season tickets when i lived out here yep so when y'all moved out here to texas the first time did y'all move to you lived in Bryan first or keller first no we lived in Bryan. yeah what year was that oh good lord it was back in the early 80s in the 80s yeah like 81 maybe yeah yeah things have changed a little bit since then just a little bit <laughs> i mean when we first moved out here Nothing was open on Sundays. Nothing. They had a blue law. Oh, really? There was a law? I didn't know that. Yeah, there was what they call a blue law, and none of your stores were open on Sunday. Huh. I don't even remember if gas stations were open. Wow. But, you know, they didn't have the mall and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it it was kind of different. Yeah, I didn't didn't even know that was a thing. I've lived in Bryan my whole (laughs) life, (laughs) or lived in the area my whole life at least. Yep sure did so you moved around a lot for work um i found i find what you did for a living very interesting obviously i tried to do that um didn't really work out but everything has its everything uh god has its his plans for everybody so what is it that you did for a career why did you move around so much well i was in ag chemical business for uh about 50 years I retired three times. So, <laughs> uh, I, I really didn't move around that much until 1981, I guess. 
is when I started moving around. And then within the next 20 years, we moved to four different places, moved from Florida to Texas, to Delaware, to Indiana, back to Texas, back to Florida, did all that in 20 years. So it was, it was quite a trip. <laughs> yeah. That's quite a, a trip. You got around a lot. I think mom tells me she went to three or four different high schools, I think in her four years of school. Yeah. She <laughs> actually graduated from, uh, I think it was E.I. DuPont in uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah, I think that's right. She was in her senior year, and we had a chance to move to Texas. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get out of Northeast. Yeah, you're not so a fan of the cold weather. We left her up there. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> we left her up there uh, for her to finish her senior year. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when mm-hmm. y'all moved to Keller then? Yes, we yeah. moved to Keller then. And even back then... You know, Keller was kind of small, and it was a two-lane road from Keller into uh, almost the DFW airport, and now I think it's a six-lane road through there now. You can't even hardly get around (laughs) that area anymore. It's crazy up there now. Yeah. Um, yeah, Y'all lived in Keller for a long time, though, right? Eight years. Eight years, yeah. Because I was thinking, I mean, y'all lived there when Jamie and I were younger. Oh, when y'all were or, born. Or baby, yeah, when I was born, at yeah. least. Yeah, I remember that. I remember where I was. Yeah, I remember <laughs> where you were, too. How, let's see, how many grandkids? You have four grandkids. How many births have you been to? Uh, Only a couple yeah. because I was so far away. <laughs> yeah. <but. laughs> where were you for my... For my birth, huh? <laughs> I, was, I was sitting in the Riata restaurant actually sitting at the bar waiting on a customer and his wife to to get there that was a week of uh one of the races up there and at the fort worth your mama was down here with with your mother uh having a baby and i was sitting there at the bar (laughs) talking to your mama when she was having having you so you know dad likes to tell the story you call and say what are y'all doing and dad says we're having a baby and you go well i know that and he goes no we're having a baby (laughs) yeah it was pretty cool (laughs) and you're hanging out yep (laughs) that's just how it goes though all right let's um rewind a little bit um you're from lake city florida yep grew up on a farm what y'all grew what tobacco yeah, we had uh, we only had 140 acres. My father farmed and and built houses, mm-hmm. and uh, we we raised cows, raised quite a few hogs at the time, and uh, raised tobacco. And tobacco was really the the cash crop. Yeah, and everybody at that time around there just about raised tobacco. So, you know, even when I was probably 10 years old. I was working in tobacco and worked in tobacco until uh, I graduated from college because I'd go home during the summer and help my father. Yeah. But uh, I would work for other people during the summer picking tobacco when I wasn't working for my dad. And, uh, you know, so I, I picked tobacco six days a week to make money to buy my school clothes, you know, for the next year. Yeah. And, boy, they paid us. They paid us good. We got four dollars and a half a day. <laughs> four dollars and fifty cents a day. Huh? Yeah, and sometimes you'd get picked up at four thirty in the morning, and it'd be six to seven, eight o'clock before you got home at night. So all day long, all just day out long. there picking tobacco. Yep, we'd have to go unload the barn, get in the field by seven thirty, hopefully, and 
take about an hour, hour and a half for lunch, and, mm. you know, get right back at it. Yeah. Well, y'all's family did that for a while, right? I mean, because mom tells stories about how they used to pick tobacco when they were kids. Yeah, they would help uh, uh, back earlier. <clears throat> uh, we actually raised tobacco until my father passed away. Oh, okay. So. And you said your your dad, my great grandpa, he built houses, also yes, correct? Yes, he built houses, and I would help him some. You yeah. know, during the summer, building houses too. I think what yeah. the really cool story is, you actually live in that last house that he built, correct? Yeah, it was built in 1979. Yeah, and uh, another, I know the guy that he built it for. He uh, he's passed away, but his cousin actually bought it. And she was renting it, and we rented it for a couple of months when we moved back to Lake City back uh, in 2018. Yeah. And the rent was way, way, way too high. And I told her one day, I said, you know, you want to sell this place? And she said, let me think about it. And she came back two days later, and, you know, we had we had talked about a price. And she said, I'll meet you in the middle. And the middle was as high as I was going yeah. anyway. So I said, <laughs> you got a deal it'll work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. but we've totally re remodeled it updated it you yeah. know so that's it's awesome lake city is a cool town uh for me to go back and visit because my whole family lives on one stretch of road in lake city yeah all, a, all my my kin folks are within probably a mile yeah of every one of your yeah every one of your sisters y'all all live on the same road yep and then your brother just lived not mm. on the same road but half a mile away from you maybe yeah, a mile half away mile or mile yeah yeah we we're all right there yeah it's pretty cool to go down there and see everybody so not something we get living in texas being the only family members on the herndon side that don't live in florida so well i was the only one that left home and i was gone for about 50 years yeah you were gone for a long time <laughs> <laughs> we'd go back you know to see family two or three times a year but that was about it for, yeah for the 50 years yeah. yeah so you graduate high school from columbia columbia, columbia high columbia high tigers yeah and uh played football and <clears throat> you know then they had just opened a junior college there the year before and I went to the junior college because I couldn't have gotten it in Florida at the time. That's in Lake City? Yes. Would that be like Florida Gateway? Florida Gateway College now. now. Yeah. Okay. It was a junior college then, but now they it, it's a college because they do offer uh, several four-year uh, courses there now, so they can be called a college. And a lot of them in Florida, uh, just about all the junior colleges have gone to what they call a college now mm -hmm. because they offer a four-year degree and something. Yes, sir. So they can do that. But, yeah, I went there two years and then went to Florida and uh, graduated from there. Was that sort of always your plan? You always wanted to go to college, always wanted to go to Florida? Or are you are you the only sibling that went to college? Or? I'm the only one in our family, immediate family, that has graduated from college. My brother went to what they call the Forest Ranger School back when he graduated which was there at the that's where they built the junior college or started the junior college at the forest ranger school there's a lot of pine trees in the area mm -hmm. uh osceola national forest and uh he got in the uh forest service and that's where he went it was like a 11 month program 
I think you told me that. Yeah. Before, and yeah. but but other than that, uh, I'm the only one that finished college. Yeah. So that like I said, that was always your plan. You knew you wanted to go to college. You knew you didn't want to farm for the rest of your life. Well, or what? <laughs> we didn't have enough land for me to live on. I thought I thought about it at one time. You know, renting you know 20 acres of tobacco or something but that's a lot of hard work and a lot of money so you know i said well i'll i'll try to go to go to college and (laughs) lucky enough to go and graduate (laughs) it worked out for you huh yeah it did so what years were you at florida well i went down there in 65 and that was after two years of junior college and then uh, I, I graduated in the summer of 68, but I had to lay out nine months of 1967 to go into, I was got in the National Guard, and I had to go off for active duty mm-hmm. for 16 weeks, so that cut into that. And then when I came back, uh, I finished, finished school. Finished school then? Yeah. I think it's cool to hear how everything is sort of connected you know poppy peyton my wife her grandpa also graduated from florida yeah i think y'all were like a year or two apart in graduating so it's pretty funny you know me and peyton grew up in texas met each other ended up getting married and then our grandparents were in school at florida together at the same time he was a couple years behind me i think was he yeah so i knew he was a little younger than you i couldn't remember exactly how much but a lot of people are younger than i (laughs) (laughs) so we got a we got a big gator supporting cast in our family we're all gators um just some of us are misplaced here in aggie land yeah (laughs) i i had the i had the privilege of being there when uh, steve spurger was playing so that was that was pretty cool yeah you got to see spurger in his prime huh yeah he was he was a heck of a ball player and a lot of people don't know that he also kicked yeah you were telling me that story last night i was like well you got to tell that tomorrow (laughs) because i didn't even know that he kicked you know i didn't know he did it all yeah he did uh we were playing auburn and I was at, uh, I had National Guard that weekend, and of course we was all listening to it on the radio, and they were tied 27-27. And right at the end of the game, I mean, just, I don't know, a few seconds left in the game, he kicks a 30-yard field goal to, <laughs> to win the game 30-27. So, you know, that's that's pretty cool. Everybody went crazy? Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> for sure. So, your time in the National Guard, you – started while you were in college obviously yeah that was right at the beginning of the uh, vietnam war Mm -hmm. and my thinking was if i graduated uh, no doubt i would have had to go into the army Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to go into the army and be gone for three years and then come back and not have any contacts as far as getting a job and so forth and then i luckily had contacts in the national guard got in served six years and you know got yeah. out yeah so you're always thinking ahead you're one step ahead all i the was time. trying to <laughs> yeah and the biggest thing we ever well i guess biggest thing we ever did we got called up one time during martin luther days yeah and uh had <laughs> i was in gainesville in school had to go back home get all my stuff load up go back to gainesville <laughs> and then you know we were there all night and uh because they were having some riots and stuff and yeah so 
biggest thing I did was walk guard duty. I don't know why, <laughs> but I walked guard duty. But it was kind of funny. The first sergeant comes out, and he wants to see my rifle. And so the first thing you do if you're walking guard duty, you don't give up your weapon. Uh-huh. I told him no. <laughs> You're not getting my rifle. He said, "I just want to, I just want to inspect it." I said, "No, sir. You're not getting my rifle." Yeah, no way, Jose. And the lieutenant that was with him was my roommate in school. <laughs> so he finally talked me into letting him see my rifle, and I told my roommate, "I said, boy, I'm gonna kick your butt if I get in trouble." <laughs> so, uh, that was that was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite story about your National Guard days is the night you left for basic training. Well, yeah, that was, I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> well, I had one more free night, so I don't even remember who I was with. There was two or three of us went down to Gainesville. It's only 40 miles away from where I lived to see the Righteous Brothers yeah. uh, in concert. So we saw... For all uh, you young guys listening, Righteous Brothers, I think their most popular song you would know would be probably Unchained Melody. Yeah. Right, that would be the one that That's, comes to mind when I think of them. Yeah. So. But uh, we were at what they call the University Club, or University Hotel, Motel, south of town afterwards, and happened to be sitting there just, you know, hanging out for a little bit, and they come in and sit down at the bar and uh, stayed for an hour or so uh, after the concert. I, I, I didn't interrupt them or meet them or anything, but no. it was kind of cool. They came. Went home, got my mother up, said, take me to Jacksonville, catch a bus, go to Columbus, Georgia. <laughs> got go, to go to basic training. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's awesome. So you come back, you graduate um, Florida, ag econ major, right? Yep. Was that? I, I like to ask everybody this question. The career that you did, the path that you took, when you were younger, is that what you thought you were going to do? What did you want to be? You know, looking back, if you were 18 or 16, getting ready to become an adult, what did you want to do? Oh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional football player, but I wasn't big enough. Yeah, so. well, I think that's everybody's <laughs> dream. But. but no, I really didn't. I I had no idea what I wanted to do, and uh, I had some friends. When I was a senior in high school, this goes back a little bit, uh, I was in FFA in school and was lucky enough to be a state officer uh, in 63-64. And a couple of friends of mine that I knew through that, they were also officers, they were going to major in ag economics. And I said, well... That sounds cool. I was going to major in forestry because that's what my brother was in. And I said, well, you really got more options, you know, with economics. So I majored in ag economics and, believe it or not, got in the ag chemical business. So I don't know how that happened. But, yeah. You know. It worked out, though. It, it, it worked fell out into that. pretty well. Sure you did. told me a story one time, and I can't remember the details of it. Maybe you will. It was your first job in the ag chemical business. And you were driving around a, was it a station wagon or a stagecoach? Uh, to all the different farmers hauling a little trailer or something like that, oh. trying to sell product? Or? <laughs> yeah, back then, this was back in the uh, late 60s, 70s, we held grower meetings, you know, with the dealers mm -hmm. uh, out in the countryside. 
and we would also set up through these dealers demonstrations and I had a big old sprayer that I pulled behind my car we didn't have they wouldn't let us have trucks back then but I pulled this this sprayer behind my car and we could go out to a farmer's place and I was selling herbicide for corn and uh, you know all we needed him to do is hook up you know the sprayer and uh, we had two 25 gallon tanks and a 100 gallon tank just depending on how big a demo he wanted to do <laughs> so uh, we would crank that thing up and it had a little motor on it and everything to to run the pump and uh, God, I don't know how many demonstrations I put out, but you always tried to have about 20 dealer meetings a year, you know, yeah. that that was yeah. pretty good. What was so. what was your first company? Who did you first work for? The first company I worked for was, uh, they called it ICI, but it, it really stood for Imperial Chemical Industries. And they were out of England, mm-hmm. and they can't. They hadn't been in the U.S. but three or four years when I started to work for them. They bought the old Hercules Powder Company in Wilmington, Delaware, and they they had a product at the time they were coming out with, uh, which was an insecticide, mm-hmm. and they also developed atrazine. Of course, you know the patent ran out and and anybody could make it then and they also had paraquat but chevron chemical was the marketing arm in the u.s until the mid 80s and then we bought that back but uh the the first one was atrazine uh for corn herbicide yeah so that's sort of that's where you got your feet wet that's, that's where you started where i got huh? my feet wet yep and then it all just took off from there 50 years later you're uh yeah the the company was a basic manufacturer so they did they did uh, basic research mm-hmm. uh over in england and uh you know they would screen compounds and you know hopefully you'd find one that you could bring to market which a lot of times took six to ten years to find anything yeah and you were telling me the price difference, you know, what it cost back then to b- just bring a product to market might have been, what, a million dollars maybe back then? Well, it was more like a hundred million. A hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's, wow. I mean, a hundred million dollars back then to bring, bring a product to market. And we're talking about the mid-60s, late-60s? Yes, yeah. 70s. 70s. And 80s. But they would screen... <clears throat> You know, you may screen 10,000 compounds or more before you ever found anything that, mm-hmm. that would actually work. That's wild. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you, you always tell me you didn't know anything about ag chemicals until you got into the business, No, right? I, man, I was an economist. <laughs> I did not know uh, a thing, really. Yeah. And uh, it just, and, and really you didn't have to. Because they had, you know, training classes, and and I trained with other salesmen when I first started. I would go spend a week with one salesman, mm-hmm. and uh, go spend a week with another salesman, and basically that was your training, and uh, which was really good because you were in the field and, you know, you saw what they were doing, you heard what they were saying, yeah, and pick uh, up on their lingo. You just pick it up and go from there fake it till you make it type thing yep <laughs> and that's that's where it wound wound up for me so you start in, uh, in the industry and you stay around florida for 
how long? I mean, you're not married at this time, right? You're just no. just working no. and yep, being get down Dave, living the life, <laughs> <laughs> living the life. Yeah, it's a funny story. Uh, when I first started working, I, I lived uh, in Douglas, Georgia, mm-hmm. and believe this or not, I, I had a cousin that he and I were the same age, graduated together, and uh, I lived there two years. And never spent a Saturday night in that town. <laughs> I it believe it. I've known you for 26 <laughs> years, and that doesn't surprise me a bit. <laughs> he, I, he, it wasn't but an hour and a half home, uh-huh. and he lived over near Jacksonville, so another 30 minutes, so yeah. a couple hours, and I could be down at his place. And of course, we'd be in Jacksonville or somewhere. Yeah. You know, all the time. So that was, I, I, I never stayed there Saturday night. There was nothing to do, man. Yeah, Douglas, Georgia's not a happening place in the early 70s. Well, or? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Wow. And then I moved from there to Statesboro, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it was a little better. Is that, and, that's where, is that where Georgia Southern is? Georgia Southern, yes. Yeah. They didn't have a football team at the time, though. Yeah. But uh, just not too long after I left there, they they started their football program. Yeah. And have done real well. Yeah. They have. Well, I have uh I guess the only reason I know that is because I had a coach in at UAM who actually he's back coaching there now, Coach Bailey. I mean, you mm-hmm. met Coach Bailey before, but he's back at uh Georgia Southern as of now, so that's the only reason I know that was there. So Yeah, the the coach that started that <clears throat> program was uh his last name was Russell. He was defense, defense, defensive coordinator at Georgia. Oh, okay. And he started that program. I didn't know that. Yep. Nope. So you moved around a lot for work, yep. right? Yep. And you I always did. told me if I was going into that, uh, if I was going to go into that field, if that's what I wanted to do, never tell anybody no. If they ask yep. you, can you move, you say when and where am I going? So they just <laughs> said, much. we've got a job here, Yeah, and we would like for you to take it. And that's and all of you. <laughs> unless you wanted to stay where you were the rest of your life, you said yeah. yes. And that's the only way to move <laughs> up the ladder, huh? Was that to, was the only way. Yeah. So you don't regret a single bit of it, huh? Oh, no. You're glad no. of what you did. You had a, you lived a good life, huh? Oh, I, I had a ball <laughs> back, yeah. back in the good old days. Now, it's changed a lot now, and... You know, yeah. But back in the good old days, in particular when I I started uh, with ICI in in the uh, early '80s, and you know before that, I'd worked for a couple other companies. But uh, ICI being new, uh, they wanted to get to be known, and we sold through distributors. We didn't sell direct to growers, and. Uh, they spent money like it was going out of style to yeah. get established. So yeah. that was kind of fun. So it was fun to be in those days, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we got to take some neat, neat trips and go to places that I would never have been able to go on my own. Yeah. You know? Um, even in the days when Jamie and I were young and we'd stay with y'all in the summer, I mean, we got to go all over. I yeah. mean, Ritz yeah. Carlton's, we get to the Breakers. <laughs> I mean, it just... And when you're a kid at those meetings, you know, I've got lifelong friends that I've met met just going to those because the guys that worked for you had kids that were my age because they were the same age as my parents. And so 
y'all are in y'all's meetings doing whatever working and we're, me and the kids and the women and we're just hanging out and playing and you know living a luxurious life if you yeah. <laughs> would and we weren't used to it as you would say you're just the old florida redneck who grew up and actually <laughs> exactly. got to do some cool stuff for once <laughs> really did i mean it's unbelievable i mean we we got every year we'd have a big trip for all of our distributor management and yeah. we went to some crazy places i mean being from england uh believe it or not one night we had dinner with the queen yeah how did that how did that shake out i've heard you say that a lot but you didn't do anything unless the queen did it first yeah <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get up and go to the bathroom you didn't do nothing <laughs> she was seated and everything was proper but yeah. uh, you know it was kind of neat and, and the women while the men were working i mean they got to go visit you know the castle and saw her horses and her her uh, carriages and all that kind of stuff so it was kind of neat and obviously obviously do a lot of shopping everywhere they well went. yeah yeah they did yeah, always yeah <laughs> you also tell a story about um the concord jet huh yeah we had them <laughs> i don't they don't those they don't they're not around anymore they're, huh? they're not even in service anymore but yeah uh, we had a meeting and here again it involved all of our distributors and it was right at the time that uh, we had repurchased the uh, marketing rights to paraquat our a herbicide of Mm -hmm. ours and uh, all they told us was to meet in New York at this hotel us and our distributors never told us where we were going yeah and we get on a Concord and now you talking about a trip man scared to well i won't say crap out of me but it did because they have a noise uh, deal there in new york by the airport and when that concord took off it immediately banked yeah i mean those jets and, fly like supersonic all i they? could see was water and <laughs> scared the crap out of me <laughs> And so we wind up, and nobody knew where we were going. I mean, we had contests to try to guess and everything, but we wound up in Iceland. Iceland. Yes. Wow. And when we got off the plane, Miss Whirl met us <laughs> and greeted everyone and gave us a big coat and all that. And we only spent a day there. We uh, toured a little bit, had lunch, and they had about a couple hours to you know, go shopping or whatever, and then got back on the Concord and flew back to to New York. That's wild. Same day. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do, do you remember how long it took y'all to get to Iceland? I know the Concord could make it from New York to London in like three hours or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it, it wasn't long. I mean, you could tell whenever they broke the sound barrier. Yeah. <laughs> both times. <laughs> it was it was hauling, but the, the, the plane would kind of jerk whenever you just did a little that. bit whenever you broke the sound barrier yeah i guess and y'all surely you had something up there to relax your nerves huh well yeah and <laughs> the thing about it is coming back they had chefs on the plane oh so you ate dinner and on the plane we ate dinner on the plane coming back they had chefs cooking steaks on the plane for us coming back <laughs> and they would let two people at the time go up to the cockpit and see it and to me it looked like we were above the moon 
I yeah. mean, I don't, I, we wasn't, but yeah. I mean, it sure looked <laughs> That's like. That's what it. it looked like, huh? But yeah, that was cool. <laughs> In those times, did you ever just, I mean, you're sitting on the Concord flying, I mean, you're from a little bitty town in Florida. You get a call, say, hey, come to New York. We're getting on a Concorde jet, and you don't know where you're going. At any point in time, do you just think, wow. Well, you know, like, what am I doing here? Yeah, they never said we was going on the Concorde. Oh, okay. They just said come to New York. Well, st- I'm just, yeah. for, my, for, <laughs> for my point, you ever just sit back and go, wow. I really. I, I do now because, you know, being from a small town and, you know, yeah, we wasn't rich. We wasn't poor. We had everything we needed, but yeah, you know, to be able to, to do what I've done uh, th- through the years, it's it's been unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say you were poor, but I mean, we we had everything yeah. we wanted. We had plenty of food. My mom was a good cook. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> Granny could cook. You know, we always had had beef and had pork, and yeah. you know, I'd run kick 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 kick. Catch a chicken every now and then, <laughs> you know. Catch a chicken. <laughs> I like that song. <laughs> you know, I'd catch a chicken every now and then and chop its head off, and we'd, yeah. we'd have chicken. So you so. never wanted for much. No. Yeah. No, no. Didn't have much money, but we never wanted for anything. Yeah, which is probably the best way to be, you know, when yeah. you come to think of it. All of the trips that you took, everything cool that you did, what was your favorite one? Oh, Lord. I don't know. We went to so many places. Uh, you know, I guess having dinner with the Queen was probably the most impressive. But yeah. we did some cool things over there. Uh, I met Garth Brooks over there one time. Yeah, y'all were staying at the same we hotel, right? We were staying right? at the same hotel, <laughs> and we were standing outside waiting on the bus to come pick us up. And he was standing outside waiting on his limo to come pick him up to take him to a to a concert he was doing somewhere over there but yeah right at the time that his song rodeo came out and uh i did talk to him for for a few minutes a little bit yeah he's cool that's pretty cool i'm a big garth fan yeah he sings some good songs i like but as far as the best i don't know We, we we went to a lot of places i mean mexico and bermuda yeah um you know several places here in the u.s but yeah. uh it, it, it was it was fun <laughs> yeah good times <laughs> like i said it was fun when we were younger we've done a lot of cool stuff too just you know being young kids and yep. things like that we used to go i guess my favorite thing was the meeting at the colonies is that that's the name of it right the colony yeah, the colony where yeah. where was that it's uh on the west coast of florida just just north of Sarasota. Okay, so it's over on the on the down Gulf south side. a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty good bit. It's below Tampa. Yeah. So that was always fun. It was always a good time there. It was just a pretty much a week long of. Well, it it was one mm-hmm. of our distributors had uh, their company meeting there mm-hmm. every year, and uh, I helped sponsor the meeting. So yeah, we were the only company that was allowed to be there during yeah. during that weekend so that was pretty neat <laughs> yeah <you know? laughs> we, so we, it's just everybody who works with and for papa and then all of their kids and we're yeah just, i mean we'd bring the wives the kids yeah. you know the whole deal because that's what they did yeah you know and uh, uh i i helped sponsored in 
and we got to go yeah. and all my salesmen all their wives and children so yeah. you got to meet a lot of the you know children and and people that uh you know i still stay in contact with so yeah far. well i know there's people i mean there's people you've worked with that i met when i was a little kid who either it be through facebook or if i ever see them in person when i'm with you i mean they act like we've known each, they've known me my whole life yeah, yeah there's just I mean, there's a handful of guys I can think of who, if you ask me if I know them, I can tell, oh, yeah, I've known them my whole life. I know mm-hmm. a lot about them. You know, they're just, you worked with a lot of good people. And so I that probably makes what, or some of what made your time working so enjoyable. Yeah, and, you know, I still stay in some of the guys that worked for me when I was a district manager. Yeah. Uh, some in Indiana, <clears throat> uh, some in Texas, Florida. Yeah. Uh, I still stay in touch with some of them. Matter of fact, one of them called me yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he had a <laughs> he had a, a grower friend that I knew that, uh, of course, in the Midwest, corn and soybeans a deal, which he did raise a lot of that too. But he raised I don't know how many thousand hogs. A lot of. Them. And every Indy 500 year, or when it came around in May, he'd let us go out there and pick out a hog. <laughs> and would kill that hog and i had a in the a little old town i lived in in indy uh i got to know the people that had a little cold storage and sold meat and stuff yeah and they'd let me hang the hog there you know <laughs> for a week and then i'd go get it on saturday morning and i'd cook a whole hog before the, for race, the race on sunday yeah <laughs> we'd, we'd have i don't know 40 50 people yeah at the house you've always i guess, sort of been a i mean my whole life always been a nascar fan when did that start i mean oh i mean golly i don't know i guess back uh when i was in school or right after i got out of school yeah but uh when we lived in indy course the big thing up there was indycar mm-hmm. and by accident i guess I got to know an older driver who was driving there, Gordon Johncock. He won Indy twice, and I met him down in Louisville at Farm Machinery Show, and he was down there doing some PR for some folks, and I met him, and and, uh, it was right before, well, this was in February, and of course uh, the race is in May, and he said, I'll call you when I come to town. Well, you know, yeah, he's going to call me. Yeah, everybody you know. says that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> one Saturday, I get a call, and it's, it's Gordon. And I said, Joanne, this is Gordon Johncock. <laughs> and then what to say, you know. He says, I've got your pit passes for tomorrow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so we went down and met him, and he and I have, you know, became friends. Mm-hmm. And... uh course he raced every year we were there and uh, we've had him over to the house for dinner and he lived on a farm up in Michigan and (laughs) he'd been in Indy you know all month it used to be the whole month of May so he didn't get his corn planted (laughs) and so me and one of my salesmen went up there one weekend and disc up the field and my salesman <laughs> he had a farm and and he brought his planter over and we planted his corn planted for, his corn for sure him. did. <laughs> yeah 
in one race he he wound up he started 33rd which is mm-hmm. the last car yeah in the, the field. last one in the field and he wound up third and they asked him well what happened you know why, why didn't you win he, yeah. he said he said the race was too short. <laughs> so, if he had had a couple more laps, yeah, he got if he had it, had huh? a few more laps, he might have won the thing. But he won it twice. He yeah, was, yeah. And uh, <laughs> we still stay in contact with him. I talked with him just uh, several months ago, matter of fact. Really? Uh, yep. See, I didn't even know that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was a nice guy. You've rubbed some shoulders with some pretty cool people in your time. I think uh, one of my favorite people, I guess that you can tell a story about and a lot of people who might listen to this might know him but you i would say you were acquaintances or friends with jerry clower yeah uh (laughs) (laughs) jerry clower the comedian everybody (laughs) got to know jerry real well he's of course he's passed away now but uh you might know him from his story about knock him out john yeah knock him out john you know but uh (laughs) We had some grower meetings down in Florida, and uh, he was doing some work for us, and I had him down uh, for three three different meetings, and of course, you know, I was carrying him around, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a nice guy, funny guy, I mean, all the time he's always doing something, and uh, me and the other salesman, we took him out on an airboat ride and <laughs> all that kind of stuff, you know, while we were down there, but he, he was pretty cool. He did a lot of work for us at other places also uh-huh. yeah and uh you know he was he was cool guy cool cool guy good guy yeah it it one meeting uh my son was young you know and he had picked up some frogs we were outside <laughs> and jerry always wore these uh leisure suits back then and Travis walked up to him and said, oh, look what I got. And he said, well, what is it? And he had a handful of frogs. And so Jerry took them and put them in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and after the show, he still had those frogs in his pocket. <laughs> but uh, he was he's kind of cool. Just a good guy. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, growing up, we, I mean, I can't tell you how many trips I've made to Florida driving in a car. I don't know. For some reason, my parents don't fly. <laughs> so we always drive. Um, well, they probably get that from you. You don't ever fly anywhere either. <laughs> Not anymore. I used to fly a lot. but You're, uh, you're driving everywhere you go now. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather drive. But anyways, we would always listen to Jerry Clower in the car. And yeah. being younger, Mom would always say, well, you know, Papa knows him. You know, Papa, you know, he's been around him for a long time. And I never knew... I guess I never really got how big Jerry Clower was until I got older and really figured out who he was. But if you haven't heard Jerry Clower, you got to listen to him. Just good, good, clean comedy. Just, just a funny guy. Yeah, he started out the way he started out. He started out as as a fertilizer salesman. Oh, really? For Mississippi Chemical. I did not know that. And he was holding grower meetings, and he got to telling stories. Uh huh. And someone said, "Man, you ought to be doing that instead of selling fertilizer." <laughs> he so, could he could tell a story. He, yeah. I don't think anybody tells a story quite like and Jerry. So Clower. he he quit selling fertilizer and and started his comedian business and probably the best decision he ever made. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. 
Yeah, he's a funny guy. That's cool. Uh, I think it's always cool to tell people, yeah, well, my grandpa, he knew Jerry uh, Clower. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did know him, so <coughs> that, that's it. I mean, that's something I would tell everybody. A lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. So we talk about golf a lot on this podcast because it's probably one of my favorite things to do now and i have everything in the golf game that i am to contribute to you because you've taught me everything i know how did you start playing golf i don't imagine you were playing golf in lake city when you were a kid no i didn't even know what golf was i yeah. thought <laughs> at the time i thought it was a sissy game but yeah. i guess i'm a sissy now because i love to play it first golf game i ever played in my life was in puerto rico oh really with uh of of course rented clubs mm-hmm. but i had had to go down there for a meeting and they played golf and so i played golf but i'm right-handed and i play left-handed yeah and so that kind of screws things up too yeah but uh you know, yeah, you and your brother, I don't know if I should have got y'all started because you used to couldn't beat me, but now you can. Yeah, these pretty, past couple pretty of... Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad. I, we've become, I would say, somewhat borderline almost addicted to it. It's a... I explain golf as it's the only game where you can do terrible at it for 14 holes and you might have a good couple fourth and you want to go the same, you know, you want to go do it all over again the next day. Yep, no matter how good or how bad you want to go again. Mm, and no. What I like is we just play it for fun. Yeah, there's not and, much. You know, it's it's not, shh, be quiet, he's on the tier, shh, he's a putting. No, we got music going. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just having a good time, and that's what I enjoy about it. Yeah, yeah. Really and that's more now, uh, for you people listening, that's more Papa's outlook on it now in his – uh, later years, when he was younger, he used to be a little uptight about it. Cause <laughs> I, I hate to play slow. Yeah, so. he, he's, <laughs> you might have fun and listen to your music and stuff, but you're not going to be out there having no five-hour round of golf. Or not if, if I can help it. If no. you are, Papa, well, he he's not going with you. I no. think my dad and my Uncle Dean tell multiple times how they would be playing with Papa, and they're not the best golfers, and so – Finally, Papa would look at him and just tell him, boy, pick that ball up. Come on, we're going. <laughs> There's no need you finishing oh, out this hole. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so you played golf all over the place. Um, yeah. What's your most fun golf course you've played? Uh, probably I've played Tour 18 both uh, in Houston, and there's one up just north of flower mound Mm -hmm. and i played it several times yeah and i enjoy playing that but uh i don't know i've played some courses in in arizona and north carolina has beautiful courses i've played up there on the uh both places i want to go where they have the tournament uh pinehurst i've played okay i've played up there and played up there for two or three days and that was that was pretty neat yeah pretty neat i had a cat you had to have a caddy uh on one of the courses up there and he'd had a bad night before 
and <laughs> he was absolutely ridiculous. Did no mean, good or what? No, man, I hit the ball. He wouldn't know where it went. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I paying you for? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know. I lost two or three balls, and he was supposed to be caddying for me, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> he, he told me, he said, he'd had a bad night. I think he'd been up all night drunk, everything else. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. It, it I'd have told him good. to get his stuff together. I'm it paying you not, to be here. Yeah. It was it was not fun, but uh, <laughs> the courses up there are beautiful. Yeah, I've never been to oh I've never been to Carolina or Arizona. Um, I would like to go play golf at both. You um, I didn't know this, but we just got back from a golf trip last weekend. We were in Mississippi playing Old Waverly, and you said you'd been there before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had. We uh we had a meeting, a managers meeting over there one time, and uh for two two or three days yeah and um i played that course a couple of times while we were there that's a pretty fun golf course it yeah. was one of the nicer ones that i've ever played yeah i'm sure we'll get into it with some of the guys that were on the trip and tell y'all all about the trip but it's a nice course mm -hmm. um i think one of the other courses i want to play is you go every year to play the robert trent jones courses with some of your buddies in alabama yeah we've been doing that shoot 20 years or a little more <clears throat> yeah and i've played all the robert trent jones courses except the two up in the northern part of the state around huntsville alabama uh and and on the east side and they're going up there this next april and i, I may try to go for a day or two but it's you know those guys have gotten too good for me yeah i mean i'm just contributing <laughs> <laughs> you're just still paying the way huh? yeah but uh I might go up there for a couple of days, but I've played all the rest of them, yeah. and uh, they are very nice courses, <clears throat> but they can be hard courses. Yeah. Yeah. I could, that's sort of how those courses in Mississippi were. They were really nice, but it was really bad. It was really easy to have a bad score on a couple of holes. I think yeah. I, I'm, I'm proud with how I played the first day. I think I shot an 86 or an 88 or something like that, but... I left a lot of left some strokes out there. It could have been a lot better. Yeah, he's, so. he's, he's bragging now. <laughs> I'm not bragging now, <laughs> but I have uh, I have as of recently the golf game's gotten a little better. So I will say that we're gonna tee it up on Saturday and we'll see how Papa hangs. I, I hope so. <laughs> it's gonna be a hot one. We're going at 11, 11 a.m. So right here in the middle of the summer here. Um, well, we're at about forty nine minutes. I got one more topic i gotta talk to you about because i've done it with you once and i think it's probably one of your favorite trips that you do is vegas for the finals yeah when I, did you start going out there how did that happen and well it happened when we moved from indiana to uh, back to texas and we were living up at keller and i had a customer who actually rodeoed when he was younger and I got to talking to him one day, and he said, man, let's go to Vegas and national finals. I said, I've never been. Yeah. And so his wife, my wife, and the four of us went out there, and, of course, then we didn't have tickets or anything. We'd just go out there and scalp tickets. Scalp tickets. Yeah, we, I mean, <laughs> I mean, stupid what we had to pay for tickets. <laughs> but I uh, started going back in 93 or 94, and I've only missed like 
three or four years for various things. Yeah. Death in the family. My mother passed away and, uh, you know, just different things. But every year since 93 or 94, I've been going. Yeah. And uh, I always stay at the South Point and always. Yeah, we, we do now. We were staying at the Flamingo and then they built South Point. And I wound up getting in with a, a travel group out of Madison Hat, Canada. Yeah. And that's the way I get, I was getting my rooms and tickets through them. And yeah. now I was lucky enough to get uh, some tickets in my name because of them. Yeah. And I still do the rooms through them out through there. Them. And we're staying at South Point now. Yeah. And, which I really like. Oh, that's the best. I would. I mean, I say that's the best place I've only been once. Last year was my first year to go, but staying at South Point was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's south of the Strip. It's not as crowded. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're out of all the hustle and bustle, and you're only 10, 15 minutes from the arena to the rodeo. Yeah, and now they've got those shuttles that you don't have to drive anywhere, yeah. Yeah. you know. They have the buses that take you from the hotel and back to the hotel. So yeah, that's a nice deal. Pretty cool. So. If you've never been to the national finals and want to go to a rodeo, that's the best one you can go to. Yeah, if you want to see a real rodeo, that's the. It's a fun one. Well, Just the atmosphere of it. Whenever, when you're you get into Thomas and Mac and you're sitting in your seats and Elvis, Viva Las Vegas comes yeah. on and all the lights are flashing. It's a. They, it's they, a, it's a production that's for sure they have a but. big light show and then you know the show now they start at uh 5 and mm-hmm. and the rodeo starts at six and i mean <clears throat> on the dot six o'clock they open a gate yeah and if you can just imagine with seven events and 15 contestants that's a little over 100 people yeah and in two hours that rodeo is over yep you're in and out yes it's not an all they don't drag it out nope it's just a it's good viewing it's it's a fun fun time yes it is yep sure is yep well i guess that's about all i got for you You got anything you want to tell anybody what's the what's a piece of advice you got for all the youngins out there just uh go for what you want yeah i mean don't back up if you have a dream or think you want to do something i mean just like yourself you decided you wanted to go into the leather business and and i think you're doing real well at it well, and thank you. uh just if if you decide this is something that you want to do do it I yeah mean, you don't have to have a college education a college education is good but still there's things out there where you can be successful and and uh, do things and really enjoy and the worst thing in the world is to have a job you don't like. I agree. And, <laughs> Not know, that I've had one, but I would, I wouldn't want to spend every day dreading waking up and going to work. Yeah. So. And with mine, uh, you know, I've met a lot, a lot of people over the years. We've got friends all over the country, and you know, I'll, I'll never forget. And people stay in touch, and that's, that's what's, you know, real and important to me and i appreciate it i mean even folks out here uh i've got some people that call me all the time and and, you know i'll call them and you know we just stay in touch and you make friends and i've got 
I've got uncles who aren't even my uncles, <laughs> you yeah. know, from your yeah. friends. It might be the Catalina, Sammy, and Pete, or yeah. Uncle Curtis, or all those guys, you know, that are just for your friends from out here. You know, you didn't even work with those guys. You just, no. yeah. No. I, I met Catalina's back in the 70s, and, I mean, it was a not a freaky thing, but, I mean, you know, I met them, but, I came out here for a weekend with a, with a girl, <laughs> and you know she had dated Pete's wife. Uh, not dated his wife. She went to school with Pete's wife, mm-hmm. uh, nursing school, and she said, "You want to go to Texas?" I said, well, I've never been to Texas, well, so, so why not? Why not? <laughs> so we came out here for a weekend, and and that's the way I met Pete, and then then we moved out here and got yeah. reacquainted, and and uh, you know that's. It's just the way things. Yeah, things all else go. sort of just goes then, huh? Yeah. Mom ended up living with them for a while, <laughs> and yeah. everything else after that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everything works out. Um, but if you've ever met my grandpa, he's he's an easy person to get along with and want to be friends with for a long time. Well, now he is. <laughs> he used to be a little rough. <laughs> he used to be a little yeah. uptight when it, when we were younger, <clears> but. <throat> He always knew that he cared about you, and there was no doubt about that. So, yeah, I guess we'll sort of wrap this thing up if that's all you got to say. Yeah, the only thing I'd say, if I wasn't living in Florida, I'd be living in Texas. Yeah, well, I've been trying to get you down here for years. That's where we would be, for yeah. sure. We love it. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful place. But Lake City is also, if, if they could take Iola, Texas, and put it in a different state, it probably be lake city florida i would say lake city's a little bigger but just the um the feel of the town is awfully similar yeah it's growing yeah you know it's like texas florida's getting the people from up north and a lot of people in in south florida are moving north yeah and and looking for places and and uh we're getting all the people from california california yeah and that's unfortunate but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as long as they want to live in texas and don't turn texas into california i guess i'm all right with it that's what i keep saying too i hope they don't turn florida into new york or something new york yeah y'all get all the snowbirds coming down there sure do yeah (laughs) well papa i thank you i can't tell you how much this means to have you on here um i tell everybody in the world that you're my best friend so it really means a lot for you to come on here and talk with me and tell some of your stories. I think a lot of people will really like to hear it. So, Well, I got two best grandsons. <laughs> well, you're the best grandpa really I've do. ever had. So. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you that a lot. You might be the only one I've ever had, but you're the best one I've had. So Appreciate it. Um, I look forward to beating you in golf this weekend. And Well, that will probably happen, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to try to talk you into playing from the yellow tees. You're too prideful to go up a tee box from us. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I probably will. Nah, we'll see how it goes. We'll have to update y'all. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I know it was a blast for me. It's probably one of my favorite ones that we've done. So I hope y'all enjoy it, and we will catch you next time. Love you. Okay, everybody, we're back on here again. Um, If I can patch this into an earlier spot of the episode, I will. If not, we're just going to play it at the end. We got to talking after we um, stopped recording, and 
Papa said, well, I forgot to tell a really cool story about how we landed a plane on a boat or something like that. So <laughs> we're going to let him tell his story. So, Papa, if you will, take well, us off. It's kind of neat. Uh, when I was out here, I worked with the uh, Aerial Applicator Association and was actually on their board for eight years and ran their convention. And one time when one of the guys that was president he and I were real good friends he's from Vernon Texas and uh, he wanted to do something different and we were having our convention in Corpus and he said why don't we land a plane on that battleship over <laughs> you know they got that tour ship yeah what's it I don't know tied up down there. I don't remember the name of it either I said well you know hey we can do it and yeah. so <laughs> He got the insurance, and uh, we got a guy that, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, he flew a, a spray plane on that battleship the morning of the meeting. Wow. Started. <laughs> and then we always have a banquet on, I think it's a Thursday night or whatever, I think it's Thursday night. Well, I'd made arrangements with the hotel that we were going to eat on the battleship. And I made them carry grills over there. We had steak. <laughs> I made them cook over there. I said, no, you're not going to cook it over here at the hotel and carry it over there yeah, and all that stuff. It's going to be cold and, and we said, want it We're fresh. We're going to cook over there. So <laughs> they even did that for us. And then Saturday morning after the convention, uh, the guy got in the plane and flew it off. Flew off so the battleship. that's probably the first and only time you'll ever see a spray plane that will <laughs> land and take off on a battleship but uh, those people were very very cooperative and yeah. you know uh did about anything that we wanted to do they moved all the planes back and everything and it was it was cool what if that would have went wrong we had insurance <laughs> <laughs> we had insurance i so guess that helps worried. everything but yeah. Wow, that's a pretty crazy story, too. I guess one more we didn't talk about. You met Lori Morgan. Yeah, I've met her. Well, she used to work. Yeah. I won't say work for me. I had her for a week or so doing shows when I lived in Indiana. And, uh, of course, I've sat and talked with her and all that good stuff, you know, at meetings. And up in Michigan, when we were having a meeting up there, believe it or not we had a snowstorm yeah well the night she performed there we had two growers show up but <laughs> nobody could go anywhere anyway but uh she went ahead and did the show and uh the next day they got out of there and i did too and it i was living just north of indianapolis then and it took me uh 24 hours to make about a three or four hour trip because they 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 um, stopped the uh, traffic on the interstate. They closed the interstate. They closed the roads going east and west. And uh, me and the guy that was with me, uh, we had to spend a night in a in a uh, Elks Club. But they had stayed <laughs> open, and everybody that was traveling, you know, that got there. I mean, they had, you know, the food, the restaurant, the bar, everything was open, and we just you know ate and did whatever and lay down on the concrete floor till we decided <laughs> to get up and they had opened the 
interstate and we finally got back home and but uh she did miss uh a day a date or two because yeah. of that snowstorm yeah but i guess that's all right that's pretty crazy yeah for all the people if you don't know who Lori morgan is maybe some of the younger people don't you probably do know who keith whitley is but yeah Lori morgan was married to keith whitley when he passed away so yep that's pretty crazy <clears throat> yeah that was that was that was pretty cool yeah you've done a lot of cool stuff <laughs> i'm sure we could have about a two-hour episode if we needed to yeah there's, there's a few more i'm sure out there i'm sure as soon as we stop you'll think of them again so we can always patch them in or maybe we'll have a dave herndon part one dave herndon part two no, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> cool i enjoyed it yeah I hope, it, I hope everybody listens to it i'm sure they will um I've gotten some good feedback from them, so I think we're doing something cool people like to listen to. At least take an hour or so out of their day and listen to little old me ramble on some subjects with some people. I think this will be a cool change of pace. Good deal. Yep. All right. Look forward to it. Love you.